Do you have a child that struggles with reading? We've received a question from Nadine in Michigan wondering what she could do if her child doesn't like to read. Today we will talk about that and a lot of other ideas on how to engage your child in reading and maybe even start liking it. Stay tuned. Welcome to the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast, a show that lifts, encourages, supports, and educates mothers to do their best in their awesome responsibility to raise, teach, and champion the rising generation. Join us as we talk to and answer questions from mothers nationwide about the challenges, heartbreaks, joys, and lessons learned from one mother to another. We are so pleased to welcome back Joyce Stevens, American Mother's National President, and we are going to ask her a very important question today. What do you do if a child doesn't like reading? Any thoughts, Joyce? <laughs> doesn't like reading. Mm. I was one of those kids. Oh, there you go. You might be a good person to answer it then. <laughs> Part of it was because I didn't get to my homework till 10 o'clock at night and I was so tired. But my kids have really turned into readers and my grandkids are crazy about reading. My daughters and daughter-in-law, they take their kids to a library and let them mosey around and pick out the books with the fun covers and play a little bit. That helps them so they choose the books they like instead of something that the teacher might push at them. I don't know if everybody's a fan of audiobooks, but that might get them started listening to one or just most importantly, read to them when they're young, when they're very little, read and read and read to them. And I think that will incorporate that love right from the very beginning. And if you think it's too late and your child has grown up and you haven't read to them since they were, you know, three months old, I guess you just still have that sit down time and go through a book. Children's book clubs are starting to pop up. And I know adult book clubs, I joined one of those after I was retired also and had more time to read. Now I really love to read. And it just never took time before, but children's book clubs are popping up and find some in your community and let them get together on a Saturday morning for an hour. They all can talk about that book and that's fun. It's really fun for them. Gets them interested. Can't wait to read the next book because they can't wait to get together on that first Saturday of the month and be with their friends and talk about that book they read. I like that idea a lot. Our 10-year-old granddaughter, she's and do that. Oh, I love that. I'm so glad that we asked you because you are just a wealth of information. <laughs> oh, it was so great to have Joyce on talking about reading. It is one of those things that sometimes some kids just naturally love to read and some just don't. What did you find in your family, Deanne? I was very fortunate. All of my children love to read, and I don't know mm. why. <laughs> I shouldn't say I don't know why, because I do love to read. But my problem is if I start reading a book, everything else just dinner doesn't get fixed. I don't go to bed and get enough sleep. And I have had to discipline myself to either not get caught up in a book 
or not read, which is mm. not a great thing. But we did read a little bit. I have a daughter-in-law who reads every night to each of her children. She has different bedtimes for each of them. She spends 10 or 15 minutes with each child reading. And I admire her tenacity, her ability to maintain that. When I babysit, I do the same thing and it's done. But I think a lot of it that helps with children with reading is when you talk to them about the book they're reading. Sometimes we'd read the same book. Sometimes we'd read it together as a family. Sometimes they'd read it and I'd try to read it and would talk about things. Joyce has talked about book clubs. If you don't have a book club locally or your children don't want to work, get together with friends and do book clubs, you as a parent can talk about the characters. Mm. And then something my children love to do, and you've probably done this, Tamara, is they love the Harry Potter movies and Tolkien, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. They love those series. We've enjoyed seeing those series in movies, but then they have read them. And then we talk about the difference between the movie and the book. Sometimes they're disappointed that it was not portrayed properly in the movie as in the book. I think a lot of it is a dialogue discussing with your children the books that they're reading or the books that you're reading you can share excerpts of what you're reading with your children too yeah well you brought up a lot of good points here i had one child in particular who really struggled with reading and not because they weren't smart it took us a long time to get him actually diagnosed i have two sons on the autism spectrum and one son who is neurotypical, but he had a challenge where his eyes never learned to read together. So one would go one way and one would go the other way. And it just made it really, really difficult for him to focus on numbers and words and stuff like that. And because when we would take him to the eye doctor, they said, oh, he can see 2020. He's fine. And they said, he probably just has ADHD or something like that. And, you know, my mom gut was just like, something is wrong. He's so smart. He should be able to read. And I finally remembered taking my son, Nathan, to a developmental optician in Joplin, Missouri, and seeing a binder full of uh, vision therapy success stories on the table and as I was trying to figure out what to do with my oldest son, what do I do? Who do I go to? The memory of that popped into my mind. And I knew that I had to go back to that developmental optician. And I called them and I explained the situation. They said, yeah, bring them up. We'll do a series of tests. And so they did tests that normal eye doctor doesn't do. And were able to find out the challenges that his eyes had just never learned to work together. And so we had to do therapy to get his eyes working together. But by then he thought he was dumb and that he couldn't read. And so being a reader myself, one of the ways that we tried to get around that once his eyes had learned to track together was he loved the graphic novels that they do nowadays because they were shorter sentences. They would take like a real book and they would break it down into pictures and images with little tiny quotes that the characters would say. And he loved those. And so that is what got him into reading. He did love the Harry Potters and he did read those because he loved the story of them. He liked the Percy Jackson series. And so we did that. I, I also read to my kids and introduced them to audiobooks. Anytime we'd go on a long drive to see family, we live far away from family. We would go on these 10, 12 hour drives and 
put an audiobook on and the kids were just enthralled. And so whether they actually read the book or whether they were listening to the book, they learned to love stories. And that's pretty powerful in their lives. And going to the library often helps that. Right. right. I like that you shared disabilities, that we need to be mm-hmm. aware of our children. It's, it's just not they don't like to read. Sometimes it's so difficult for them to read yeah. that we need to be aware. I like that you did your mom gut thing. Yeah. That's what we're all about. And we want yeah. our mothers. They're the mom. Mm-hmm. And they're entitled to that if they will listen to it. Yeah. You know, when my son, Nathan, who has low functioning autism was very young, we figured out that he liked books on tape back when they had those. Actually, we still have some, (laughs) but he loved following along, even though we can't carry on a normal conversation with him. He's always loved words. And so he'll follow along with his finger in the book. If an audio book is played to this day, he's now 23. And he reads a simple chapter book every day. It takes about an hour or so. And I just check out books from the library that are about that length. We have the entire Magic Treehouse series, actually, that we've been through several times. (laughs) He follows along. And that is one of the things he loves and enjoys, even with a disability. Even with children with disabilities, you can find a way to introduce reading into their lives if that's the right thing for them. For my son, it happens to be For others, it might not be. I guess you can get creative in the way that you introduce reading to each child because each of my children are different. Actually, they all have different interests and hobbies and passions. You might have to start with that. What do they like to do? Yes. And get them involved in something they are interested in. Mm -hmm. Then they get excited about that and it becomes, okay, this is okay for this. You talked about physical disabilities as far as eye function and that type of thing. But there are so many that have some dysfunction with something like dyslexia Mm -hmm. or other things that we need to be aware of and help them understand they are not dumb. Yes. I think that is their fear. They're going to be labeled dumb because they can't do this. Yeah. Uh, Especially when it comes to schoolwork and they're dealing with schoolwork and they've struggled through that and you want them to read too. Mm-hmm. it is a very difficult task for them to wrap their mind around how can I enjoy reading when I struggle so much with my schoolwork. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we need to help them see that there is two facets to that Yeah, and help them enjoy reading. And maybe that will also help them in their educational processes. Yeah, absolutely. And I would also tack on to that, that if you feel your child is struggling in school, you know, your mom get is saying something else is up, that you can request that they be tested. And the way to start that ball rolling is to email someone. You have to write an actual letter saying, I would like to formally request that my child be tested, explain what you feel their challenges are and get that ball rolling. Because once they get a letter, they have 60 days to then have a plan in place as far as testing them. So if you think your child does have a disability as far as reading or numbers or something like that goes, you can be your child's advocate and you don't have to be alone in that. So that you can tap into the resources from your school. And even in the summertime, you can email the principal and just say, I think we need to get my child tested before this next school year starts or whatever it is. So 
don't feel like you're alone in that. There's lots of people and you can reach out. There are groups online, on Facebook for kids who struggle with different challenges and there are specialists out there that can help. And we are fortunate to have the ability to research so many things on the internet. Mm-hmm. They're again caution. You just don't believe everything you read on the <laughs> internet either. Don't self-diagnose because yeah. there are so many other things that that influence what's going on. Something else we talked about, we had Dr. Renardi in a couple of weeks ago. And when you were talking about evaluating where they are physically and medically, she talked about emotional challenges, emotional things that spring up emotional challenge that children have and they display in different ways. Maybe if nothing else works out in the medical field with your eyes or with a school, maybe it might be something to consider going to someone with the ability to help get into the emotional state of the child. Yeah. If this is a reflection of something else. Yeah. And they also have school counselors who can help with that. So if if you feel your child, for example, in my children's elementary school, I had a child who struggled with anxiety. And part of that was interacting sometimes with other children. And so she brought her into a little group where she was able to dis and talk about ways that you can interact with other kids. And they often do that with children on the autism spectrum as well, because they lack in social skills. And so there's different resources available. If you feel your child is struggling, you can practice at home. There's also good books on that as well that show what a normal interaction looks like. And so there's lots of great books for that. But as far as reading goes, there are so many amazing books out there nowadays. And if you feel like your child is struggling with anxiety, there's even books on anxiety that you can read together and talk about it. I think that's a good idea. If you read something together and talk about it, mm-hmm. you can evaluate it. I flip back to one of my own children. As we talked about it, they became aware of what was really going on from somebody else's perspective. Mm-hmm. And they were able to self-correct in a lot of ways. Not immediately, obviously. It took some time. But when they were made aware that there are other ways to handle situations, they were able to process through that and advance mm-hmm. in that area so we could do that in reading or any area of our lives yeah well i've loved this so far tamara but i think we need to take a quick break and we'll be right back we want to thank the companies that provide the services to help us bring you these podcasts without the technology and expertise of these amazing companies their generous discounts for american mothers these podcasts would not be possible so Shout out and thank you to Canva, Captivate, and Descript for their support and their services. Hey, welcome back. We have a really cute video that was sent to us by Chelsea from North Dakota showing how they model reading with their daughter. She's two and a half. So hope you enjoy it as much as I did. This is what I day with this. Uh, red shoes. Red shoes. Good job, Daddy. What is? Uh, sunglasses. Sunglasses. Good job, Daddy. What is? Red dress. Red dress. What is? Uh, earmuffs. Earmuffs. What is? Swimsuit. Dress shoe. What is? Tutu. What is? Uh, red shirt. Red shirt. What is? Isn't that just sweet? 
when she sent the video, she said, we are modeling how we teach her to read. And I think that just shows that a family to reach together can have fun and learn together. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I love one of the creative ideas that I've seen and also practiced myself. And one of that was to make a fun spot for reading Maybe you build a fort and read something about doing a fort, or maybe you go outside and have a picnic and read about Treasure Island or something out in the big outdoors. I remember we used to push our two couches together and Mm -hmm. make a boat and put like the broom in the middle and drape a sheet over the top. And we were in a boat stranded in the middle of the ocean. You could totally read a story about a ship there you know that sounds fun we used to have so much fun having little adventures in our house and adventures in books as I would read to my kids you can get creative (laughs) with reading and making it fun right something else I've heard of people doing if you're reading a story to your children let's say three little pigs you can take to a farm and let them see the pigs Mm. in person what they are really like they don't really build houses but but they're kind of fun to look at anyway. Uh, or go to the planetarium if they're studying stars. Yeah. And I read in one of the websites that I was reviewing. And by the way, we'll put these websites in the notes for you to research yourself. They suggested a vocation. So if you're a vocation. <laughs> so if you were reading about Harry Potter, take a trip to London. Oh. Either, I'm game for that, but then you have yeah, to Yeah, let's, let's go, let's <laughs> go. Or Stuart Little, go to New York City. Those would be great either virtually or in person if you have that ability to do that. Mm. But you could make it fun mm. besides just reading a book. Mm-hmm. We received a video from Emily in North Dakota. She shares a couple of ideas that can really help support mothers as they encourage their children to read. There have been a couple of things that come to mind when I think about getting my children interested in reading. There are a couple of programs that we have been involved in as a family. So when our kids were little, we signed them up for the Dolly Parton Imagination Library, and they received a new book each month till they started kindergarten. It was this really amazing program that got them interested in reading, and now they have this whole library of books for their kids someday. So that was something fun that they would run out to the mailbox and be excited about. And then another program that has been really fun is rewards programs that have been through our library. And we also have recently had a rewards program through a local bakery. So after they read a certain amount of time, they can turn in their tracking cards and get a treat. So it's nice to have some incentive programs for them to enjoy. Another mother suggested, I try to do this with my children too. You always have those book logs. Every week, there's a teacher that says, read 15, 20 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. And there are some days it just doesn't happen. Yeah. So I encourage my children to snuggle on the couch and read as long as they wanted to on Saturday or Sunday. So they would already have their log minutes done. Mm. But I still encourage them to read if they had no other interference. 
mm-hmm. that that's giving them a chance to read it in a more relaxed environment than feeling compelled that they have to read right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great idea. One of the things that I did one year, they were asking for parents to come to the junior high and mm-hmm. share about their vocation a little bit. And I came in as a mom because that's what I was at the time, just a mom. And there's so much reading that goes on in motherhood. And I brought a giant bag and I would pull something out of a bag and we'd talk about how you need to read to be able to do, like I I pull out um, a shirt and I say, where do you read on a shirt? And I pull the label out and I show them, do you think it's important to know how to wash a shirt and what temperature it should be washed at or if it should be washed or if it needs to be dry cleaned? Oh yeah. You know, (laughs) and then, and then we'd pull out like a cupcake and of course everybody's salivating at this point. And I'm like, if I make a cupcake, what do I need to be able to read? Oh, the recipe. It made it really fun to be able to pull different things out of a bag and show them how reading is applicable in so many different areas of our lives. And that might just be a fun activity for you and your kids during the summer. If they're wondering, mom, why do we have to read? Well, let me show you (laughs) to get by in life. You got to know how to read and to do this. Let me show you. Here's some examples. So it was kind of fun. (laughs) I'm going to bounce off of that because my children like to cook. I'm a baker. I do wedding cakes and all that kind of fun stuff. So they like to bake with mom Mm -hmm. because then they could sample and They absolutely know if they don't know how to read a recipe, which includes fractions, which includes math, they're not going to have a good product at the end of it. They're not Mm -hmm. going to be able to eat what they cooked. (laughs) They could eat it, but they might not enjoy it. Oh, that's true. That is very. That is two things combined there in your cooking. Mm -hmm. And that's something you could do at the library is look at cookbooks. Absolutely. That's a good idea to remind us cookbooks is also a form of reading. It is. It sure is. There's just so many ways that we do use reading in our daily life. It's fun to be able to point out to kids that, look, you can use it in so many different ways. Take it beyond reading. Having them write something, having them write a story might be a really good way because they're not reading, but they're creating. And in the process, they're reading. They're applying what they've read and putting it on paper. So that could be another way to encourage reading is to help them write a story or encourage them to write a story. Mm-hmm. And young children know how to build a story. Mm-hmm. And it's when they get older and they feel like, oh, somebody said I'm not good at telling stories that they start to doubt themselves. But really, young children are natural storytellers. Right. I mean, and they come up with some of the craziest stuff. <laughs> they do. They do. It's delightful to read the stories. Oh, when I read the stories from my grandchildren, it's so exciting to read what they are writing. Mm-hmm. And you can understand what they're writing. You can understand what they're meaning to say. And that makes me happy that they are good at expressing themselves and getting things down on paper. Yeah, absolutely. I had one son who would staple pages together Mm -hmm. and then draw on them and like narrate his own little stories. I wish he would still do it, but he's too old now. He thinks that is way beneath him. (laughs) I think I still have a couple of those from a couple of my children. I know it's so fun and it's cute to see how they get into that. 
And I think that's an extension of learning to read and loving to read. Yes, is creating stories for others. In fact, I think at a school fair, he photocopied several of these and he sold them at his store (laughs) to his friends. And they were these little adventures and they were just absolutely hilarious and adorable. Lots of creative ways to help your children learn to read and learn to love to read. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Well, like I mentioned before, we will put these three websites that I reviewed and it was interesting what we reviewed on this podcast. There's a few more items in these websites, but mothers usually pick up on doing what needs to be done anyway. But it's always nice to have someone with a little bit more education in that field that will put things on websites that will help us expand our ability to help our children. Yeah. And trust your gut. If you feel your child needs a different tactic or technique to learn to read better, trust it, follow it, because often mommies are right. Most of the time, mommies are right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there are those times, but most of the time we are. <laughs> Thanks, Tamara. This has been a great discussion today, and I hope our listeners have picked up something that will help them with their children and their reading. And if you have any other questions you'd like to submit to us for us to cover during one of our episodes, you can reach us at podcast at AmericanMothers.org. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening. Before you go, we have a tease for next week. How many of you have ever felt like you have had to go to bat for your child? We talked about that briefly in this episode about if you feel they're struggling to read. But if you ever felt like something needed to happen like that, even though other people are telling you something differently and you had to put your foot down and fight, you will love our interview next week with Sabrina DeWitt, where she tells us her story of having to go to bat and fight for her daughter. Stay tuned for that. My name is Antoinette Sands, and I am the Alabama Mother of the Year for 2022. How do I encourage my children to not give up? Well, I think there's a few ways that we do that. I think it's first led by example. So when they see me struggle, and I have older children, so I choose to be much more visible with some of the things that we struggle with, because if I hide everything, they're not going to see it they're not going to be mentored in what to do. So I think the first way is to live by example in how I choose and learn to grow in resilience. I feel strongly about words of affirmation and what they can do to a person and a child specifically. Our words are so powerful. So every day I end with four things that my kids could repeat to you all day. they, They know it. What are the four things that mom's going to say? And the last one of those four is tomorrow, everything starts fresh. And I think part of resilience is learning that no matter what you went through today, you can pick back up again tomorrow and start new. We don't have to carry yesterday and today. So I would say the words of affirmation and being an example as a person who has to overcome that myself, and then also letting them fail. If our children become our identity, we tend to want to make them perfect. And we tend to want to not allow them to fail. But if we allow ourselves to be removed a little bit and allow the process of failure, sometimes it's just like that whole thing about the butterfly in the cocoon. They have to spread their wings. They have to stretch out and the little birds and the eggs, they have to push through the shell. 
we have to let them fail. It's not a bad thing when there needs to be a lesson learned because there's failure. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you like what you heard, subscribe so you can get your weekly dose of mom-to-mom encouragement. We understand that being a mother can be overwhelming, but we hope that you found something useful you can apply to your own life. We invite you to share this episode with a friend who might also enjoy the message. The mission of American Mothers is to support mothers, empowering them to positively impact their families and communities. We want each one of you to discover and share your innate, inherent, and natural abilities to bless your children and others. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of American Mothers Incorporated, its members or employees. AMI is not responsible for, nor does it verify the accuracy of the information contained in the podcast, nor does the series constitute any professional advice or services. We look forward to visiting with you one mom to another next week. Until then, just do your best at mothering and remember you're not alone. You've got an army of mothers all around you cheering you on.